0: You know, one word from the Lord that I'm not going to keep you here all night. One word from the Lord that I have been stewing on that was somewhat of a conundrum to me. You know, when we first started this church, let me just give you a little bit of insight. Whenever you start a church, when you pioneer a church, you're going to pray a lot. (laughs) Aletha, will you please stop telling people that you farted? (laughs) We are in church for God's sake. Said about 25 times since the service started here across the room, in the middle of worship. (laughs) That's okay, baby. I forgive you. Aw. Aw. I was just kidding. Daddy was just playing. Daddy loves it when you fart, Daddy thinks it's cute. we first started Living Hope Christian Center, when God first gave us the vision, it was the fall of 2003, and I was an associate pastor over at Faith Fellowship, Four Square Church in San Leandro. Most of you know the story. We were having a staff prayer meeting one morning in early September, and as soon as I got on my knees to pray, the Lord spoke to me so clearly, so softly, so gently. Didn't thunder it from heaven, just very gently spoke it to my heart. He said, I'm getting ready to send you out. And you're going to pastor. So I just took that and I just put it in my pocket. I said, all right, Lord, you're going to have to show me the way. I'm not going to try to make this happen. Definitely not uh, eager to try to make something happen. And um, I just held it in my heart for a couple weeks. And um, in early October, I had to go to Virginia to take a course. And my wife came with me. And while we were there in Virginia, I told her what the Lord had told me. And she had an instant witness in her spirit, so we began to just begin to pray, seek the face of God. When we got back from Virginia, I went on a 10-day fast, and I just cried out to God day and night for 10 days. And um, during that fast, the Lord spoke a number of things to me. One of the things the Lord spoke to me during that time was, Benjamin, be careful to see to it that your vision of Jesus is always stronger than your vision for the church. Because if your vision for the church becomes stronger than your vision for Jesus, then the church will take you away from Jesus. It can become a form of Christian idolatry, where we begin to worship the church instead of being a worshiping church. You know, I had a meeting with a pastor in Castro Valley recently, and he was telling me about how his church started. And he was telling me, this church is called New Life, and he was telling me that it came out of the Jesus movement. And when he started the church, there was about 300 hippies that would get together and, and, and sing and cry and worship Jesus for three hours on Sunday nights, Sunday mornings. I mean, I'm talking about just the worship time. Just the singing was three hours. And it wasn't a black church, you know. There was no organist, you know. They weren't, they weren't shouting or hooping. I'm talking about white folks singing, playing guitars, and singing for three hours. And I mean, the spirit of God would fall and the, the prophetic words would begin to flow and then God would start moving and people would be getting healed and saved and slain in the spirit. I mean, they, they just had this powerful move of the spirit of God. And, and after a few years, all of a sudden, the, the, the manifestation of the power of God began to lift. And when the power of God began to lift in that way, they began to freak out. They started fasting and praying and asking God Why? And he said, he'll never forget it. He said, the Lord spoke to me and said, you've begun to worship, worship. You've begun to worship your experience of worship. The thing that is of most importance to you is your experience. Not my glory. The thing that is most important to you is your experience and you begin to worship your experience of worship. You know, it's so possible, it's so easy for us to take the object, it's so easy for us to take an aspect of our worship and make it the object of our worship. When I hear American Christians say things like, I can't go to that church because I I just don't like the way they worship. Do you hear that language? I don't like the way they worship. Well, they're not not worshiping you. (laughs) See, if I'm going to go to the church, i got to like the worship. I remember somebody said at a church where they had changed the music, they said, what have you done to my worship? Wasn't nobody worshiping you. It was never your worship. And the Lord spoke to me and said, make sure that your vision for the church is always subservient to your vision of Jesus. Amen. Make sure that you don't take an, ob- an aspect of your worship and make it the object of your worship. See, in the Old Testament, God gave Israel, God gave Moses the vision for the tabernacle. He gave them the pattern for it. He said, build it exactly according to the pattern that I give you on the mountain. And Moses came down the mountain and they built the tabernacle and God instructed Moses to create a certain kind of clothing for the priests. And he said, make him a linen ephod. The linen ephod was the priestly garment. It was the garment that the priest would put on when he would go into the Holy of Holies. It was made out of linen. And when the priest was wearing the, the ephod, for some reason he could hear from God. And the priest would put on the ephod and go into the Holy of Holies, and lo and behold, he could hear from God. But it got to the point in Israel's history where they began to think that the power was in the ephod. And so people began to say, is there an ephod around? So we can inquire of the Lord. And matter of fact, during the time of the judges, when Israel began to enter into idolatry, people started actually making ephods out of silver and gold. And worshiping them. We see it in Judges chapter 6. In the story of Gideon, after he defeats Baal, you know, first he cuts down the altar of Baal, and then he defeats the Midianites, and then he goes back to his father's hometown, and what does he do? He takes, he says to the men of Israel, All I want is one gold earring from your plunder, and everybody gave him one, and he fashioned fashioned it into a golden ephod and set it up there, and the people prostituted themselves to it. That is, they took an object, an aspect, They took an aspect of their worship, something that was supposed to assist them in talking to God, and made it the object of their worship. (laughs) And whenever we focus on the demographics of a church, well, I had to get out of that church. Why? Too many Asians started showing up. (laughs) I had had to go find me another church. Why would you have to find you another church? Because so many young people started coming in. I just started thinking, there's nobody for us older folks. We don't even have a community here. We don't even have a place here. For some reason, there's something in us that wants the church to be homogenous. We want it to be one kind, and as soon as another kind starts coming in, we start thinking, we better go. Why? Because that's what I liked about that church. What I liked about that church was I looked around and I saw people my age. What I liked about that church was the guy on the guitar up there, you know, he plays my kind of music. What I liked about that church is the kind of rhythms the drummer played, you know. He was more of a jazz drummer, you know, jazz drummers, they're a little bit lazy. They play a little bit behind the beat, not like them rock and roll drummers who are just manic. You know, them people are on drugs, so they play a little bit ahead of the beat. You know, I need me a nice laid-back jazz drummer, you know, who just kind of calls. And when that drummer left and they brought in that dude with with yellow hair, I said, I got to find me another church. Because they changed an aspect of it. And my question is, when you look at the church, what do you see? When you look at the church, do you see Jesus or do you see the ephod? So often when we come to the church, the first thing we want to see is the ephod. Well, what kind of ephod do they have here? Do you know in the days of Micah, we see it later on in the book of Judges, in the days of Micah, he made an ephod out of silver, whereas Gideon made an ephod out of gold. You go to some churches, they got a gold ephod. Another church has a linen ephod. Another church has a silver ephod. What kind of church do you like? The church of the gold ephod or the silver ephod or the linen ephod? It's all about the ephod. It's all about the form. It's all about that aspect of the life of the church that I want. But nobody's looking at Jesus. And in Revelation chapter 1, before John ever sees the church, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard a voice behind me like the sound of a trumpet. And when I turned to see the voice that spoke, I saw one like the son of man. Standing in the midst of seven golden lampstands. Then I saw the church. But I saw the church in the context of Jesus. I saw Jesus and then I saw the church. And then he went right back to Jesus. I saw the seven golden lampstands. But his head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like bronze refined in the fire. That is, when you come out of the church, can you simply describe aspects of the church? Or can you describe Jesus. After that vision was over, John only had one thing to say about the church. It was a lampstand. It was a lampstand. And we understand that imagery of the church as the lampstand. A lampstand is simply there to hold up a candle. And a candle is simply there to give light. And Jesus said, you are the light of the world in Matthew 5, 16. A city set upon a hill cannot be hidden. Neither does anyone light a lamp and hide it under a bowl. Instead, he puts it on its stand. The candle is the believer. The lamp stand, the candle stand is the church, and every believer needs to be put on the stand. That's why every believer needs to be in the local church. Nowadays we got candles that think they can just shine on their own. But Jesus said, You gotta put it on its stand. And Jesus told John, these seven lampstands are the seven churches. But they're only there to give light. And one of the most powerful things, one of the most powerful, really the most powerful, one of the most powerful tensions in the New Testament is the tension between this Matthew five sixteen passage where Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And the passage there in John eight, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And then he says, you are the light of the world. Which is it? The answer is Yes. But you understand that you are the light of the world only to the degree that you reflect the light of Jesus Christ. Not the light of the church. The light of Jesus. He was the true light coming into the world that gave light to everyone. He was the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness does not comprehend it. The church is only the light in as much as it is a reflection of Jesus Christ. And as long as the church is a gathering of people who have come to see Jesus, then we're going to be all right. But when we start coming to see our music and when we start coming to see the type of preaching we like and when we start coming to see the kind of presentation we want and when we start coming to see the kind of, the kind of ministries we want and the kind of setup of the chairs we want, we are engaging in idolatry. We're worshiping the ephod when Jesus is walking in the midst of his churches. We got to get ready. You know Why? Because God's getting ready to lift the fish gate. And you have no idea what kind of fish are about to come up in here. You know what happens when a church grows? (laughs) I had a professor in Bible college who had gone up to Canada and planted a church back after he had finished uh, seminary. And he said when he went up to plant the church, it was about 40 or 50 black folks. And he was black. And he wasn't trying to reach white folks, but all of a sudden white folks started showing up. Pretty soon he looked out one Sunday and there were more white folks than black folks. You know what? The elders of that church came to him one day and they said, we want to add something to our bylaws. He says, well, what do you want to add? He says, we want to add something to the bylaws that says no white person will ever hold office on the board of trustees or the board of elders in this church. And he said, why is that? And they said, because these white folks are going to come in here and take over our church. Well, since when was it your church? Give me the date when you died for it. Show me the nail prints in your hands. Show me the place where they pierced your side, and then we'll talk about it being your church. Show me the tomb that you raised up from the dead from. Mm. Show me the place at the right hand of the Father that you occupy. Then you can tell me. Then we can talk about it being your church. It was never your church and it never will be your church. It is only the church. The church is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. It's all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus. And in this next season, if we would just learn how to come to church and look only to Jesus, Mm -hmm. the author and finisher of our faith, and not be distracted by what we see around us. I'm just looking for Jesus. I'm not looking to the preacher. I'm not looking to the worship team. I'm not looking to the, yes, I'm going to fellowship with everybody, but I'm looking to Jesus. I might look at you, but I'm not looking to you. That son, I want you to see to it that your vision of Jesus is always stronger than your vision for the church. I want you to make sure you're looking at Jesus. I don't want you to be a professional Christian idolater. I want you to be a Jesus worshiper. Do you know that in the Book of Revelation there are seven visions of Jesus? There's also seven visions of the church, Mm -hmm. but the visions of the church always come after the vision of Jesus. That is the church is always in the shadow of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, you can't see Jesus without seeing the church, Mm -hmm. but you can see the church without seeing Jesus. When Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus, Jesus said to him, Saul, why do you persecute me? Mm-hmm. He says, what do you mean persecute you? I'm not, I've am not. i never met you. Right. I don't know you. I'm persecuting this group of, of folks. Mm-hmm. He says, no, 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 no. You can't touch them without touching me. Hallelujah. You're persecuting me. You can't touch the people of God without touching Jesus himself. You, can see, you can't see Jesus without seeing the church. Paul walked away from that encounter with Jesus Christ with a deep knowledge of who the church was. And that's why he began to teach the church, y'all are the body of Christ. Right, right. Amen. Y'all are the body of Christ. That was the foundation of his teaching on, on sexual immorality. He said, no, 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 no. When a man joins himself to Christ, he's one spirit with him. That's why you can't commit sexual immorality because you're going to take the members of Christ and join it with, some, with a harlot. That sin against your body is a sin against the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. He understood who the church was because he began to see Jesus. You know, if you begin to see Jesus, then you look back at the church and you see more than the rows and the seats and the the, the music. You see the church that Jesus sees when he looks at the church. If you were to see the church in Paul's day, you wouldn't see anything like this. They didn't have any chairs. Matter of fact, in Corinth, the women had to sit on the other side of the wall with a little hole in the wall. <laughs> what do you see when you look at the church? And what do you see when you look at Jesus? Can you look at Jesus and not see his body? You're not seeing the real Jesus. Jesus. Can you be passionate for Jesus and not be passionate about his body? You're not passionate for Jesus. Say, so you're so heavenly minded, you're of no earthly good, then you're not heavenly minded. It's not heaven. You might be fantasy minded, but not heavenly minded. You might be a daydreamer, but not a spirit dreamer. God wants to prepare us in this next season. But what he wants the cry of our hearts to be more than anything else is open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. You know what? There's a lot of things my heart cries out for. I want to see a new building. And I know God's given us one. But you know what? I have not ceased to cry out day and night. I want to see a new building. God, if we have one more anniversary in this place. You know the funny thing? When we first got to this place,
1: this was it.
0: (laughs) No, you don't know how hard it is to set up and break down every single week. For how many years? (laughs) Five years. For five years, every single Sunday morning, we had to have a team in there setting up and breaking down. Every single Sunday morning, y'all see people who were in leadership way back then. They look at y'all who are in leadership now. They're like, "Man, I, I don't even consider you a leader." <laughs> see, when y'all cried to Sean <laughs> about what you have to do as a leader, we have to be at the church at eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to be there by eight thirty. Shut up, man! I had to get the truck at six a.m. <laughs> How about staying two hours after the service is over to clean the bathrooms at Linen Life and to sweep the floors? Come on, somebody. Y'all got it easy. Sean, you got your truck? Yeah, I got my truck. Good, I need you to come take 10 loads of stuff up to... (laughs) You You know what I'm saying? Five years set up and break down. So when we got in this place... Easter Sunday, 2009, man, I was the happiest man in America. You would have thought my church was the size of Joel Osteen's church on that day. We had 130 people out here. I was, hallelujah. I'm the biggest pastor in America right now. After about a year of that, I was, Lord, this tiny place, are you kidding me? I don't have any space. We can't, we we do nothing. Yeah, I'm ready to go to the next level. I'm ready to go to the next level on a number of levels. You don't even know how ready I am to go to the next level. I am so done with this place, you don't even know. In my spirit, I've already moved on. I don't even come to church here anymore. I'm worshiping at another building already. I'll show you where it is when the Lord opens the door. Do you know what the cry of my heart is? The central cry of my heart? All of those are secondary cries. You know what the central cry of my heart is? Lord, in 2013, sharpen my vision of Jesus. Let me see Jesus. I just want to see Jesus. And if we share that cry, Lord, let me see Jesus. If we share that cry, we refuse to worship the ephod. Can't go wrong. That's true. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, open my eyes. Let us see Jesus. To reach out and touch him. To say that we love him. Lord, we want to see your face. Lord, the scripture says. Did you come with the crown of righteousness? To award those who have loved your appearing. Tonight we say we love your appearing. We love your appearing. That you would appear among us. Open our eyes. Center our vision on you. Grant that we would not look to the things that are not worthy. That our eyes would not be focused on things that are not worthy. Lord, the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the revelation of the church, not the revelation of the new building, because when we get to heaven, we're not going to be in a building. we're going to see Jesus. Open our eyes. We cry. Open our eyes. Come on, just ask Him right now. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. God, make this the central cry of our hearts. I want to see Jesus. Lord, we repent where we've put the ephod ahead of you. We repent where we've begun to worship, worship. We repent where we've begun to look to the things that are seen, the things that are temporary, the things that are meaningless. We repent. We pray, open our eyes. We're looking to Jesus now. We're looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We look to you, Jesus. We look to you. We look to you. Sharpen our vision. Open our spiritual eyes. Open our eyes. Come on, just begin to ask Him. Just begin to talk to Him right now. Come on, just begin to cry out to Him right now. Make us a church of Jesus gazers. Make us a church of Jesus gazers. Remove the veil from our eyes so that with unveiled faces we might look into your glory and be transformed. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Lord, that we would no longer be worried about what other people are doing. No longer worried about what other people are seeing. Focused on seeing Jesus. Lifting our eyes up above our worship and on to the one whom we worship. Lifting our eyes up above our gathering and on to the one before whom we gather. We want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. Open our eyes, open our eyes, open our eyes, open our eyes. We want to see Jesus, the one who gave his life for us. We want to see Jesus, Lord. Now open our eyes. Come on, talk to Him now. Talk to Him out loud. Come on, stand up on your feet, lift your hands, and say, God, let me see Jesus. Open my eyes and let me see Jesus. Come on, talk to Him out loud. I want to hear your voices. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Reach for Jesus tonight. Reach for Jesus tonight. Reach for Jesus tonight. Reach for Jesus tonight. tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. All about you. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about you, Lord. Yeah. It's all about you. Yeah, yeah. It's all about you, Lord. Lord, all about you. Jesus, we look to you. Jesus, we look to you. Jesus, we look to you. you. Yeah, Jesus, we look to you, yeah, come on, lift up your voices tonight, lift up your voices tonight, lift up your voices tonight, Jesus, we worship your name, lift up your voices tonight. God, restore Jesus as the center, the center of our joy, the center of our lives. Lord, some of us here tonight, we've engaged in idolatry. We've let other things take the center, but Jesus, be the center tonight. Lord, tonight we enthrone you. Jesus, we enthrone you. We proclaim you as king. We dethrone everything that would take your place. We dethrone it. We dethrone it. We dethrone it. Come on, dethrone it. Some of you need to cast down some idols. Some of you need to tear down some idols tonight. You need to tear it down tonight. You need to get jealous about it. I am not going to rest until I have enthroned Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords in my life. Yeah. Come on. You're getting free. You're getting free. You're getting free. Jesus is coming back. It's the return of the King. It's the return of the King. Behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him. Every eye will see him. He is coming with clouds. He is coming with clouds, and every eye will see Him. He is coming with clouds. He is coming with clouds. Yeah, yeah. whoa! And let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. And let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and... We prepare you room Lord. We prepare you room Lord, we prepare you room Lord, we prepare you room Lord. Lord. Lord, remove everything, Lord, that would take your place. Come be my King of kings, Lord, come and take your place. Lord, remove everything, that would come and take your place. Come be my King of kings, Lord, come and take your place. And let every heart prepare and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and let every heart and heaven and nature sing we prepare you room come on just get it out get it out tonight let it come out whatever it is that is whatever it is that contests the place of Jesus in your life just release it release it release it Come on, You got to make a decision tonight. You got to make a decision tonight. Jesus, you're going to be the center of my life. You're going to be the center of my joy. You're going to be the center of my world. You're going to be the center of my vision. Come on, come on, come on. Make a decision. Make a decision. It's got to go now. It's got to go right now. It's got to go right now. Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I surrender. I surrender, Jesus. I surrender. I surrender, Jesus. I surrender. I surrender, Jesus. I surrender everything to you, everything to you, everything to you, everything to you. Everything to, you, everything, to you, everything 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 to you. Oh, take everything, my King of Kings. Take everything, my King of Kings. You are my everything, you are my everything. You are my everything, you are my everything, you are holy, you are mighty, you are greatly to be feared. In the counsel of the holy ones, there is no one like you. I give myself away, so you can use me. I give myself away, I give myself away, so you can use me. Lift up your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. I pray that you would fall mightily your Holy Spirit that you would sweep across this auditorium even sweep through the live stream to those who are at home sweep on over to Oklahoma to the Bermudez's sweep on over to San Leandro to the bosses sweep on over wherever people are watching wherever people are sweep even across the nations right now Holy Spirit come right now Holy Spirit we pray that you would fall right now fall right now receive the Holy Spirit right now receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit right now I command every power of darkness, every power of oppression to break off of your life right now in the name of Jesus. Every power of deception must go in Jesus' name. It must go in Jesus' name. I declare that you are free. I declare that you are free. I declare that you are free. Holy Spirit, come right now. Holy Spirit, fall right now. Holy Spirit, move right now. Holy Spirit, fill right now. Send the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Send a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Send a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Come on, take it right now. In the name. listen so many of us have been crying out to God for breakthrough but do you know what breakthrough really is? Do you know the word breakthrough in the Greek? One of the primary words for breakthrough in the Greek is the word apocalypsis. it means revelation. Do you know what the book of Revelation is? It's the book of breakthrough. When John said the revelation of Jesus Christ, he said the breakthrough of Jesus Christ. We're waiting for breakthrough in the realm of finances, but God is looking to cause a breakthrough of Jesus Christ. That is, it's Jesus Christ that's going to break through, not money. It's Jesus Christ that's going to break through, not buildings. It's Jesus Christ that's going to break through. You're looking at your family. God wants you to look at Jesus. It's the breakthrough of Jesus Christ. And listen, a breakthrough is when that which is hidden is suddenly revealed. It's already there, but it's just hidden. Jesus is there all the time but his breakthrough in it is when all of a sudden he breaks through and he's made known and when we're talking about the breakthrough of Jesus Christ you know what he's got to break through he's got to break through your flesh because you can cry out for the breakthrough of Jesus Christ all you want but if you're not willing to crucify your flesh it just ain't gonna happen are you willing to let him break through your flesh That's the veil. Are you willing to let him break through your flesh? Are you willing to say, God, whatever it is, break through it, break through it, break through it, it, and show me where you are. Lift your hands to Jesus one more time. God, I pray for the breakthrough of Jesus Christ. Break through our flesh. Break it off of us. 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 Break us free from it right now in the name of Jesus. Break us free from it right now in the name of Jesus and cause Jesus Christ to break through We want Jesus. We want Jesus. We want Jesus. We want Jesus. The anointing is strong. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Jesus. Take it right now. The breakthrough of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, Lord. Oh, we receive you, Lord. Oh, we believe you, Lord. Lord, we love you tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. You feel the presence of the Lord? We're supposed to take that home with us. See, it's not just about making sure our gatherings are about Jesus. It's about making sure our lives are about Jesus. Yes, yes, that we wake up every morning and go to sleep every night saying, Lord, let me see Jesus. Open my eyes. That's where it's at. That's where the breakthrough is at. You know what? If you begin to see Jesus, nothing else matters. That's true. Hallelujah. You can see Jesus. Lord, open our eyes. We ask it in your name. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Give him a shout of praise.